Hello and welcome to another podcast with me, Carlos, and Brian Kirkner. We are the Good Dog Workshop Podcast. We are about teaching you how to speak to your dog in a natural way. We want to sort the ridiculous out from all the information that's out there and help people have a better relationship with their dog. Hey, Brian. Hey, Carlos. So today's topic is introductions. Is that right? Yeah, introduction is huge. And what do we mean by that? Everyone knows that there is some rules or etiquette in meeting a new dog, but we still get it wrong. Why is that? (laughs) Well, I think a lot of times people are humanizing the situation. So they end up using human psychology and they think that, for instance, holding your hand out to a dog almost the way you would present your hand to a to a human being, either to shake hands or, you know, in the olden days to show that you're not armed with an empty hand. Uh, People do that. And that's that's completely wrong because that's not how dogs interact with the with each other. Um, so I think, I think that's the, the biggest problem there that we, we deal with is people are using human psychology when they're trying to work with dogs. Yeah, and even the kids seem to be the biggest, um, culprits, if you will, <laughs> they're, they're impulsive as most kids are, and they see something cute and they want to reach out. Maybe it's convenience too, right? How many, how many people or adults are willing to get down well, that's not true because they'll do that when they talk to kids, right? If they're right, but they won't for a dog. It's weird, huh? Yeah, I, I think it probably varies a little from person to person. But as far as the children issue goes, I would say that that's more of a parenting issue. And you know, I had seen this so many times at so many different dog rescue events, you know, in front of the big box pet stores where kids would come racing up to you know twelve German Shepherds lined yeah. up out front and not think to ask, not approach slowly, you know, and to me that's, hey, parents, you have to pay attention to your kids here because you don't know what, what your, you know, uh, what your kid is going to be putting out and how the dog may respond to that. So yeah, I would like, like a petting zoo or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something, well, maybe something it's like that, that word. Maybe it's that word too. Pet. Oh, can sure. I pet? Can I pet your dog? You can pet. Yes, you can pet my dog. It's that word pet that we go, well, pet means hand and patting and Maybe a little bit more. So maybe that's where, where it all starts. Maybe we shouldn't even use the word pet. <laughs> I, th- that's a good point, you know, because we had talked about even the title of this, this podcast and, and, you know, petting versus versus introduction. And p- petting is, is to me, a result after an introduction or not. not it's a byproduct of an introduction. It's yeah. part of an introduction. An introduction for a dog is is, you know, reading body language and sensing energy and smelling, but, right. but, but contact isn't at the top of that list. Whereas for humans, we seem to put that, uh, put that right. higher up on the, on the list as to, you know, and meet someone on the, that, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Meet someone on the street and you feel a little awkward talking to them until you introduce yourself and put your hand out there and shake them. And so applying that to dogs is, I think where people, people go wrong here. Yeah, and I just want to back you up. I got yep. I got excited there because it's like just like a light bulb went off in my head uh, based on what you said. Absolutely, dogs they want to meet, right? Sure, but they're not down with petting necessarily. So it's so you got these two species. You got human dog, and like you said, dog wants to smell to investigate because they're curious too about right. new new smells. And humans want to touch, and not so much worried about smell. Right, because after all, our sense of smell is uh, very, very weak, generally speaking, in the mammal uh, mammal kingdom, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so you have that conflict. Of how do you reconcile so that we 
I, I would say removing the word pet and just say, I, I want to meet your dog. Yeah, meet and, or, and, or and, greet. And, yeah. and after all, we want our dogs to meet new people. It's a good way to socialize. So, Yeah, of course. And, and we'll talk about, so having your dog meet other people, having yourself meet new dogs, and having your dog meet other dogs. So we're talking about meeting, greeting, introductions is, is, is what, uh, what this is about today. Yeah, so I, as a kid, I had an experience. I gosh, I think I was five. My sister was five. I have a twin sister, and I remember uh, we were at a neighbor's house, and my sister was high energy, wanted to meet this new dog, and she got nipped. Mm-hmm. And I I witnessed that, and from then on, I was hesitant. I wouldn't say afraid, but I was respectfully and how, <laughs> respectfully hesitant to to go up to any dog because I saw. Oh wow! <clears throat> I saw the reaction, and we were so young. And my sister came up with this energy, like, oh, I want to be like, she was confident because maybe she had done it before successfully. Right. I think she just assumed that every animal, every dog in this case, would be receptive. And she went up, "Ah," she got nipped. And then uh, uh, I don't think it was bad or anything like that. But it was enough to like shut her down a little bit. And it was enough for me to go, oh. So I learned from an early age um, not to do that. But I think other times the kids want to touch and feel soft things right fluffy things sure it's like like a tactile sensation they want to complete that objective i want to touch this fuzzy flurry fluffy you know well yeah and and especially if they have a dog at home you know my dog is friendly so so all dogs might be friendly so they'll so they'll make that uh make that leap there and then want to touch every every other dog and and you know that's fine it's understandable the reasoning doesn't start till uh, till a few years um, after being on this earth anyway. So for kids to, to want to do that, it makes sense. But parents have to be more responsible and, and of course, safer when it comes to allowing their kids to to approach other dogs. Um, you know, and that, that reminds me, I hadn't thought about this for decades. Um, there were a couple of dogs in our neighborhood, and I remember my brother had gotten nipped by one of the dogs. Uh, I didn't see it happen, but he... He was never a dog person after that. I I know that he was not afraid of dogs before then, but ever since then, he had always been kind of hesitant around dogs. So I wonder if that goes back to an earlier podcast we did is, is you know, overcoming uh, yeah. the fear of being bit by a dog. And I, I guess I would have to say, you know, looking back, I don't think my brother recovered from that, um, you know, which and is kind of interesting. And sometimes when you're young, you're so impressionable, you don't even sure. remember. Maybe you blocked it out. It was like a mini trauma. Yeah, it could be. But, but it happens a lot, and, and, and I know there was a scenario, Brian, that I was a witness of when I first met you. It's also uh, particularly risky when a dog is tall for a dog, like a large-sized breed, and the, and the human is small, like a, like a young child. Right. That, that introduces more risk, right? Because now there could be more potential for a dog to bite in the face area. Yeah, know? yeah, of course. Just, just the, the height the lack of height variation. There should be even more attention paid to those interactions. I think you would say, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, the, the, the first thing we want to focus on is how to greet another dog or how to allow your dog to meet a new person, which do you want to start with? Well, if, if we know how to meet a new dog, so let's start there, then maybe we'll know how we want other people to meet our dog. Okay. So, so, I mean, for me, gosh, I've gotten to the point where I just wait for the dog um, to approach me, and then I'll reach under. Um, I don't know if, if I subconsciously learned that 
from watching uh, someone or, or, but I just, I, I'm more comfortable reaching underneath and I'm more comfortable waiting for the dog to initiate interest. Again, maybe it goes back to my childhood, you know, where I saw somebody engage, in this case, my sister, with high energy, another dog, and paid the consequence. So I'm maybe it's just ingrained in me. I'll wait for the dog to come to me and show me what its intentions are, and then I'll agree. I think that's a little bit more respectful. So. Yeah, I think it's definitely more respectful, but I also think that you you hit the nail on the head there. You learned by seeing that if you race up to a dog with a lot of energy, you get bit. Or in the, or yeah. in that case, when you were a kid, that's probably what went through your mind. So you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that because I don't want that result. And so yeah. you hung, hung back, and it turns out that that is you know, what most most dogs want uh, and and even you could say appreciate but also what certainly what they what they prefer from us is to approach us in their in their own time and in their own manner but also we you know without us being high energy without us forcing ourselves on them and if we are high energy and then invading their space and then forcing ourselves on them um, oftentimes that's going to, that's going to get a bad reaction from a, from a dog because they want to do it in their own time as they're comfortable with it, especially if, if it's an anxious or, or fearful or, or nervous dog. Um, and then the other thing you, you said, I think is, is terrific. And a lot of people, again, we learn from who knows our parents or, or TV or something, yeah. hold your hand out, you know, kind of your, your palm down with, with your, your wrist bent and let the dog sniff the back of your hand. Where did we get that from as, you know, as a, as a culture, what uh, maybe people who were raised with horses or, or around the farm, they know that other animals will bite them. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, maybe so. So I know horses, I know horses bite and you'll never stick your fingers out again. You know, that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Feed them with a, with a flat hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, approaching underneath is 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 generally the 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 best way to to approach. In some cases, it it might not be, but yeah, allowing a dog to to come up to you first and foremost to be quiet, and I don't mean you know so much with your voice, although that is important, but to be quiet in your energy, to be calm essentially, and then when he does come up to you, then yeah, if you if you do want to contact him with your hands, I would say start under the under the chin rather than on the top of the head. You had, I don't know if you still have that available, but you had played a clip uh, just this morning about, um, you know, some veterinarian talking about, you know, never reach over the top of a dog's head because they, you know, it it instills fear in them or something. And that's true for, for some dogs, but as a general rule, yeah, reaching underneath is, is a, a better, a better way to go rather than reaching over top. And, and I know this from all the dogs that, excuse me, that I had fostered and, and rescued over, over the years that some dogs, you know, they've been, they've been hit, they've mishandled. And so they are what people call hand shy. And so if, oh, there's, yeah. a hand, if there's a hand over top of them, you know, you'll see them duck their head. You may or flinch. See, yeah. Yeah. Flinch or, or blink their eyes is another sign of that. And so yet yeah, to make sure that you're not triggering anything there, um, that you're not appearing, um, to be any sort of threat coming from underneath is, is a much better way to go. And then the last yeah. thing I want to say about this is one thing that I really like about that, especially when you're working with an anxious or insecure dog by, by scratching underneath the chin, you're, they're going to naturally lift their, their head up higher so that you can get easier access to, to scratch them. So it's self-serving. They're lifting their chin up higher so they can, they can feel your scratching better. But by lifting their head up higher, they're putting themselves in a more confident body posture. So you're essentially helping a dog become more confident, even if it's just for a few moments there. So I think that's a great way to approach a dog. 
Well, yeah, and then also do uh, I would I would ask people to try this on themselves. You know, put put your own hand above your head, above your forehead. Sure. It's a little bit disconcerting because you're you're almost blocking the dog's visual. You're saying here here uh, receive my hand, and also I'm going to block your eyesight. Right. <laughs> so, so it's a weird. Whereas like what you said underneath, they can still feel that you're touching them in a more pleasant way and still smell you without blocking their eyesight. So it's just, you know, one of those things that you have to uh, be mindful of, but you can't really unless you put yourself in the dog's position. The other thing I want to talk about is all these things and then introduce a leash. Now we really have a big problem, right? So we're talking about how to how to meet another dog. Hopefully the other person isn't tense because that can also mess up the meet and greet, if you will, right, if they're on leash. Brian, would you say? Oh, yeah. And so often people, you know, they, they call us and say, my dog is, is reactive on, on leash or leash aggressive or whatever. And, and basically what that means is my dog is reactive to other dogs when he's hooked to me. So, so they're admitting that they're a part of the problem when, they're, uh, when their dog is around another dog or, 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 or sees another dog, that or, leash aggression. Or even, or even another person. They're, they're, oh, if sure. You have, if you have tension. So this is very simple. Okay. I mean, if, if nothing else take this away from this experience or this podcast in particular. If you're going to commit to allowing your dog to meet another person or even a dog, even though we're not talking about that just yet, release any and all tension from the leash because you're just adding to the problem. I think a lot of times people think, I want my new dog to meet someone, but I'm not 100% committed, so I'm going to choke up on the leash and restrain and hold back just in case. And that's just not the way things work, you know? Right. It, fe- it feels like greater con- they, the person has greater control. So they've got tension on the leash. They're ready to spring into action if they need to. And if you're thinking that, number one, you're not comfortable and confident yeah. enough to be allowing your dog to do this, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, to move towards a person or another dog or to check out, you know, something underneath the log, you got tension on the leash. You're also telling your dog, I am I am tense about something. Therefore, you may need to be tense, or there there might be a potential yeah. threat here. So and that's what I'm, happened. And that's what happened at that at the expo center that I was talking to you about when right. I first met you. I believe there was a German Shepherd. Uh, yep. I think it was a random kid with with their parent. I don't remember wanted to approach the dog, and like we said, puts puts their hand out on top of dog's head. And I think the handler, whoever it was, had tension on the leash. So, and I'm sitting here. First row seat, profile view, watching this whole thing going, oh, man, dog looks tense. Child looks, you know, insecure, uh, unsure. Uh, this is a bad combination. What, what happened there, right? What, what, could have, what could have happened differently? What could we have done differently? Well, as I recall, the dog actually made contact with the, with the, with the kid's hand, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah he think didn't was... didn't draw didn't draw any blood and just startled the kid. So it, it, it I, clearly, you know, the kid was was pretty bomb proof. But uh, but um, you know, it also wasn't wasn't a bad nip. But yeah, the parents were six feet behind the kid, and so they were apparently were comfortable letting this kid go up to the dog. And the dog was oh, someone in the rescue that yeah. they were they were owned by someone in the or fostered by the someone in the rescue that I was volunteering with and then the guy kind of facilitating the greet was someone that I was interviewing and so I kind of stood back and and you know tried to 
tried to watch him show me what what he was capable of and yeah he just let this dog who was tense on the leash and i remember the people and they were very tense on the other end of the leash so yeah. he let a tense dog go up to a kid who was really too young to be greeting a dog like this and the yeah, almost said, eye level yeah yeah so it, so it was it was way too many people allowing something to happen that that shouldn't have happened and you know looking back i should have stepped in and said okay this is this we shouldn't be doing this because look at look at everyone's body language this isn't going to go right but like i said i wanted to see this guy yeah, in yeah. and and uh and that yeah that that could have gone could have gone very bad but it was certainly a uh you know that that sticks in my mind too as a way not to do an introduction but first and foremost read the body language of the people yeah the dogs of the kids and and then put it together right there, kind of plug it into almost this, you know, this formula that we're, that we're, that we're teaching here of if this plus this plus this looks good, then you're in good shape. If it doesn't look good, then, you know, back off and, and try it again. So that, yeah, that, yeah, uh, you don't have, people also need to empower themselves. I guess if you, if you read something and someone's body language, that's trying to approach your dog or you're trying to meet a new dog, just allow yourself to say, okay, I don't want to come across as rude, but this is not the best idea. I'm sensing that it's not going to work. Excellent advice. Well, because why? Because people go, oh, I don't want to be an ass. You know, I don't want to be uh, seen as mean. I, don't, I want to allow this child to meet my dog. But sometimes it's just it's better to be to be safe and sorry, as as the saying goes. So, yeah, of course. And and we advise clients on that quite often is. You know, if someone's coming to your door and your dog is reactive to the doorbell or new people coming in, you know, crack the door open a little bit or look out the window and, you know, give them, give them a signal that means just give me a minute. I need to work with my dog because we have, we want to be safe first in, in all of this and get your dog under control. Or if the other, excuse me, if the other is happening and someone runs up to your dog, whether it's a kid or an adult or whatever, you should feel free. You as the dog owner should feel free to step in between and say, sorry, you can't approach my dog like that. I'm, I'm trying to train him. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Usually my dog is in training is a phrase that most people accept and, and acquiesce to, but yeah, you, you should feel comfortable and confident to, to intervene and say, sorry, this isn't going to happen this way. Just give me a minute and then reset your dog or, or tell the other person to approach differently or to turn the different direction so that they're not making direct attack with your dog. But yes, set it up for, for, for safety, but it's so easy to do that as long as you're paying yeah. attention as long as you're self-aware but aware of other people and what they're putting out and their body language and your dog as well yeah so we so people really need to be used to saying no right it's uh sure uh they, people want, don't want to come across as they want to be accepted they don't want to come across as being unkind or impolite but it's not impolite to say no it, no I, I would think that it's not impolite to put everyone's safety first right and that's the way you gotta look at it so so that's a good point so we we well, that's one way. So we're talking about meeting. That's how to meet a new dog. How about someone meeting your dog? Have we kind of cover some of the same things? Because I think the main thing I wanted to cut to touch on is the leash control, right? And I, I know sure. we're, we're repeating ourselves here, or I am anyway. But if you're going to commit to someone coming into your space, right? Because if you're outside with your dog on a leash, I know we're talking about a leash. Really, Brian, you can cover inside the house if you want. Um, uh, as far as guests coming in, visitors sure. coming in, family members coming in. But if you're outside, you you're, you and your dog are a pack. Or if you have more than dogs, you you guys are all a pack. And there is a, a kind of a invisible, I guess you could say a perimeter, that I think the dog should feel safe. So the first thing I would say is, is be aware that it is not uncommon for a dog to be insecure, for someone to come and approach and say, hey, 
especially a child that has maybe some impulse control come in and I want to touch your dog. Hey, you know, they, they should, they should have that space around them if they're leashed up or again, for you to go, Hey, no, not right now. Or we'll come to you or be, or, or, ha- or have the other person say, you know what? Be patient, wait, I'll have them sit and then come and approach. So allow yourself to, to, to break it down so that people aren't just rushing you inside your personal space outdoor on a leash is what I'm getting at. So, yeah, exactly. And the, the other half of that is if if you've got that perimeter around you, if a person comes into that perimeter, you know whatever that may be, and that's that's something that you you learn through practice being outside with your dog, is your dog is probably going to feel comfortable going up to that person once they get close enough to you, and so you need to be able to to control your dog um, so that he or she is not too excited when going up to a person. So you know you're you're protecting, you're being safe for both sides. You're protecting your dog so that someone doesn't come up to it with too ener- too much energy or too quickly, but you're also protecting others so that your dog doesn't go up to that person with too much energy or, or too, uh, too quickly, too excitedly. And what about body positioning? Like once you commit to allowing your dog to meet someone new or someone approach you, where do you set up? Because I think this is interesting. Most people don't even think about this. Yeah. Most people really that I've talked to don't, uh, don't, pay attention to, to body position. They think that, okay, no tension on the leash. Fine. I can do that. But then they let their dog be entirely out front. And oftentimes we're telling our dog, okay, you're now in charge of this I hope you make good choices when, <laughs> right, yeah. when, you know, when they're in front of us and, or when there's no tension on the leash. And so oftentimes, um, when I'm working with someone meeting their dog or, or, or allowing my dog to meet someone, I'm going to be right up with them. So I'm going to meet the person first. Exactly or be right next to my dog as they're meeting the person to, to remind my dog, I'm still controlling this situation. I'm the traffic cop here and everything has to go through me. And if I back off, then I'm allowing you to have more freedom. Whereas people start with that and they let their dog go first, which is essentially telling their dog, you have the freedom to make whatever choice you want because I'm allowing you to go first and be the traffic cop, be the decision maker. Yeah, because I'm nowhere near you or I'm way back here out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. But that's huge, right? Oh, yeah. That's huge. Don't be afraid or don't freeze up. I think a lot of people sometimes freeze, right? It's like, oh, oh, I don't want my dog to, but I'm just going to freeze and hope for the best. Keep your legs moving. Get in there and be, uh, like Brian said, be be present. Let the dog know you're you're basically the monitor and everything's got to go through you. And then they can, if they have a moment of doubt, I would say, watch for that eye contact. They'll usually make eye contact with you if you're a good handler, experienced handler, responsible handler. They usually make eye contact with you to let you know, hey, I'm not so sure about this person. Right. But you'll be right there to to pick up on the gesture and be able to correct or back off as needed. Yeah, whether it's eye contact or... Or, uh, you know, the, the tail goes stiff or the ears go, yep. uh, you know, move differently, watch the body language, but also um, check on the dog's breathing, listen for the dog's breathing. And I found that very few people pay attention to that or even think to uh, to notice that when they're working with their dog. And, you know, that's one of the first things that I notice about Red. When he's about to get excited about something and about to respond to another yep. dog, his breathing changes. So I'm like, oh, OK, I'm not looking at him, but I need to correct him right now because he's about to. Uh, to react to something. So yeah, generally your dog is going to tell you what they're thinking and what they're about to do. And if you're right there with them, you can, you know, block the behavior, you can correct the behavior. If you're six feet behind them on a leash, all you have is that leash to pull them back and, 
you know, there, there may be just enough tension on the leash in that, in that moment, in that interim where the dog senses, okay, now I have to be tense and I have to protect my pack because they put me out front to make good decisions, you know, and then fur flies and, and everything just, just jumps off from there. So it does take confidence. It does take a, a high level of comfort of your own handling skills, but also your relationship with your own dog um, to be able to do this. But yeah, you know, when you get to this intermediate stage, you should be naturally with your dog when he's meeting other people and, and other dogs to to show him, yeah, I'm right here with you. I got this. Anything, anything, you know, happens it's going to go through me first. And that, that's how, that's how I teach clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's sound advice. And something else I just thought of that I think would go hand in hand here is we often do it ourselves because we're so used to observing our dogs on a walk. And what I mean is, is checking in visually. So sometimes, sometimes people uh, that we work with will say, Hey, make sure you watch this, make sure you watch that. But we don't realize that we've conditioned ourselves to look down. I think a lot of people, when they walk, they're not conditioned to look down. Sure. They're conditioned to look straight ahead. And if, especially if there's a person that they're meeting, they don't want to be rude. They've been told to make eye contact. Right. Maybe. So now you're talking about conditioning a person to be aware of their dog and the different gestures they're putting out and still not be rude, rude right? How do you? How do you get that whole idea across? How do you do? You do a hybrid approach, Brian. Do you look down, look up, look down, look up, look down, or do you have, like, for me, I know I stand kind of a little bit angled so that I can almost see both at the same time. Right. Which sounds complicated, but you know what I mean. You kind of have to get used to how, using your peripheral vision. I think I would say, check. But but yeah, definitely remind people they need to work on that. Uh, what do you call that? That visual focus, and uh, and to condition themselves to look down. And also not be afraid to not make eye contact with the person. If the person's coming in, you're not trying right. to be rude. But it is more important, I would say, I hope you agree, Brian, that, that the priority is the interaction and this, the signals your dog's putting off are more important than what making eye contact with the person. Because you can still make eye contact with your dog and listen with your ear about what the person's saying. Maybe they're doing small talk, whatever it is. That's not rude. But you definitely don't want to miss that opportunity because you're – you're up here making eye contact with the person and the dog's giving you signs and you can't read them because you're talking to the person. So, Yeah, absolutely. Reading, reading your dog or in the, yeah. in the case of, of greeting, having your dog meet another dog, reading the dogs is the, the first thing you, you want to do. And, you know, dogs do this, so we should learn to do it as well is to start doing that from a distance. So as you're approaching the dog, read, you know, read the other dog and see what the body language is. Is he, is he you know, kind of puffed up in the chest or his ears pricked up? Where's his tail? How is your dog responding to that? Because these guys are having a conversation through uh, through body yeah. language from a distance and that can escalate or it can, you know, maintain calm as you as you get closer and then add on to that read the person and their body language and they're testing, texting, looking at their phone. They're not paying attention. Then you know that, okay, I may have to jump in and, and, uh, um, you know, and back this other dog off. Or if they look like they're, they're handling the dog well, but the dog is maybe, you know, a little too excited, then maybe you can put some, some trust in, in them. But it is, it is a bit of a juggling act to say, okay, yeah. don't, don't forget to watch your dog. Now, now watch the other dog. Now watch the other person check yeah. in with your dog. <laughs> exactly. So it's a, it's a lot of things to do, but just with practice, it, it, it becomes second nature. Um, you know, so just, just like with everything else is yeah. practice, practice makes perfect. It'll, it'll get you there. And then now inside the house, the, the proper way, would you say, uh, you're, you're receiving a visitor, a guest, family member, friend, whatever, 
what's the proper way for the introduction to take place inside the house? Now, there's no leash. Right. The the main thing there is just is just calm and red red is um is reactive to the doorbell sometimes and so he'll race to the door and he's much worse when Ariel is here and so they'll both race to the door and carry on and I'm not going to open the door until both of them has calmed down have calmed down to my satisfaction and oftentimes red gets so excited that I've got to give him a physical correction in addition to a to a sound to tell yeah. him to knock it off I don't want you to greet people in this in this excited fashion um, and it's definitely it, it's interesting because especially with red the doorbell is really the trigger he can greet people with the door open and he can go out as someone is pulling up into the driveway or as they're getting out of that car. But that doorbell, that really, really triggers some dogs to just get super excited. And then you have to work to calm them, to calm them down after that. Yeah. I wonder uh, if but, it's like, like if you watch the movie Jaws, the Jaws theme song, oh, right. I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that's the tr- same trigger for dogs because there's such a big unknown factor, but they know someone's there. Right. You know, so who knows, right? And I've gone as far as removing the doorbell. Uh, <laughs> because it's just like, I'm like, you know what? This is just <laughs> ridiculous. Now that nobody really comes to your door knocking anymore. Everyone, if they're coming, they're going to text and say they've arrived. So really, I've, doorbells become a nuisance thing and for people to solicit and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's so, a good point. The, the doorbell almost has become passe. Um, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, you know, like a lot of my clients have told me, I don't have enough people come to the house to be able to practice this. And when you were here, we practiced this a bunch. And by the by the fourth time we rang the doorbell, Red really wasn't responding to it at, at all. Yeah. So it is one of those things that, um, yeah, I'll freely admit, I'm I am not perfect with um, with this with my uh, with my own dog. Um, yeah. But you know, practice practice improves it. But the the idea here, whether you're inside, outside. Uh, on leash uh, with your dog outside or your dog is is off leash outside first thing is the dog needs to be calm and if he's not calm then don't do the introduction don't do the greeting yet yeah you're not going to be don't worry about if you're coming across impolite or rude really really empower yourself to say no and you'll feel better about that in the long run and know that yeah okay when i'm ready i'll be able to uh conversely say yes but okay so one thing i want to go back on be calm or have your dogs be calm rather when the dogs are coming into your into your home. Once they're calm and in then you're in there into your house, then what? How 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 do, how do the introductions happen there? Is it organic? Kind of let them sniff, sniff, or do you have people wait? Or I mean, you know, knowing your dog is really really kind of uh, the main thing after after the person gets into your house. If you know that your dog is is going to jump, then yeah, I would say just be be right there and and you know bump your dog or. Or correct your dog ahead of time to let them know, I don't want you to get excited still. I want you to remain calm. Um, whereas, you know, maybe uh, my, my beagle, little little Vivian, she's not going to jump. She's not going to bark. She's not going to do anything except go up and sniff. So I don't need to worry about her. She's just, you know, a, a, a fire and forget. You know, she, yeah. she does does her own thing, never a, never a concern. So the better you know your dog, the more you know whether you need to intervene or may need to intervene or may need to supervise or, or, or not versus you open the door, let people come in, you can turn your back on them and, uh, and then go about their business. And half the time, um, these three are going to go out the front door anyway, because they want to see if there's someone else outside to, to greet. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really worry about the, about that. Um, well, I used to when, have a, a dog, sorry, or do you want to? No, 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 go ahead. I used to have a dog that was a, a little bit of a nipper. And so when someone came into the home, I didn't want people to turn their back and right. then the dog 
have a free shot. So I've always told people this is another alternate way of doing things is hold on, let the dog smell you, and then I'll escort you into whatever part of the house they're going to eventually settle at, you know, whether it's a living room, the kitchen area. Escort uh, the person coming into your home, at least for the for the first time until your dog is either comfortable with them or you have enough expertise to be able to read the situation where you don't have to do it. But sometimes what happens is people will open the door, dogs will be full of energy, guests will be overwhelmed, Right, and then uh, we will we will meaning the owner. Sometimes I've seen this. We'll try to pull the dogs away, grab their collar, and I've seen other people do this as well. And then eventually we do the meet and greet. Come on in, uh, leave your jacket, whatever the case may be. They walk, and you're in front of them, and you're leading the way into your own home, and right. the dog is getting a free shot from behind. Yeah, and and that's one of those things where sometimes. Uh, mother nature takes over. If you've got a, if you've got a herding dog, their job is to be behind stuff and control it and move it forward. So, you know, we want to, we want to teach people to work with yep. mother nature, not against it. So in, in, in that instance, like you said, is either walk with the person there. So your dog is, is less likely to, to try and get a shot at, uh, at your guest when you're yeah, right exactly. there <laughs> or be behind your guest Yep. And and show the dog, you know, this is this is my interaction. I'm between you and the dog. Yep. I mean, I'm between you and the guest dog. Therefore, you do not get to um, get to have a say in where this person goes or how they how they enter the enter the home. So it, yeah. it's 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 very controllable. But the main thing here is get your dog calm and then be able to predict what your dog is likely to do from moment to moment. Yeah. And, you know, people come in your house and they may be, Hey, Hey red, how's it going? Good to see you. And, you know, encourage my dog to jump up on them. That's fine if they want to do that. Um, but I'm not going to let red do that to, to everyone. So I, I know what his behavior is with certain energy that comes in and with certain yep. people. So I'm going to be either supervising him more with some people and supervising him less with, uh, with other people. Right, and to kind of uh, wrap it up, the, the one, the one thing I will say, in an optimistic sense, is the more of these exposure experiences and uh, and meetings you you uh, successfully, um, I guess accomplish with your dog, whether it's inside the home, outside the home, without a leash, with a leash, the more likely your dog is going to be able to uh identify and accept different types of people children energy level excitement level and eventually you won't have to do so much monitoring eventually it'll be less and less of an issue but for the time being especially if you're a new dog puppy uh you adopted a dog these things are important to do at first um and just be consistent with it and then your dog will kind of reveal to you after six months a year two years hey i'm okay with everybody you don't have to watch me so closely so yeah, it's it's a, another one of those things in life where you just keep practicing, and eventually you'll uh, you'll get it down, and your dog is going to understand. Okay, the pattern is when I see a new person, I go to my go to my bed, you know, place some some trainers. We don't do that. We want dogs to be in to feel free to be in the in the action. They just need to be calm when yeah. they're in the in the middle of every everything. So you know, the dog will understand. Okay, I don't get to greet people when I'm excited, so I'm not going to be excited. And they get to greet people, and so you just practice that over and over, and you basically train him be calm, and then you get to greet people. And you know, walking is, of course, the the first thing that we're always going to recommend, especially now that the weather's better here in Virginia. Um, 
get your dog out for a walk, meet, you know, meet your neighbors, uh, meet other dogs, people out, uh, you know, running or, or whatever. So, you know, okay, he's still reactive to, uh, to kids on bikes or he's reactive when it's trash day and the big trash cans are out front so that you know what his behavior is and how he's going to greet people, how he's going to react to, to not only dogs, but certain dogs, like the video that, that I had shot a couple of weeks ago, if there's a dog barking at the, you know, that the front of his yard on his electric fence, red is going to more likely be reactive to that than if a dog is just sitting, you know, on his front porch and not barking. So the more you practice this, you're the better you're going to get at it, but it ultimately comes down to training your dog to be calm, submissive and respectful first. Mm -hmm. And then I'll let you know what you can do from there. Yeah, definitely be in charge. So if you're on a leash, the, the takeaways for me would be, and if you're on a leash and you're making the decision to meet uh, another person or another dog, do not have any tension on the leash. If you do, back out of there. Hit the eject yep. button because you're not doing it right. And number two, um, proximity. Be in the mix, right? Be there in case you have to... Um, uh, step in and also like we talked about as a as a tool as a form of reassurance for your dog right. we're, not, we're not saying be in there tight with the leash we're saying don't have tension on the leash but still move your body right so it may sound like we're saying be in there tight with the leash no if you're going to allow your dog to meet no tension be in close if they're off leash read the body language make make your eyes conditioned to observe the small signs so that you're ready to react. And it's inside the home, like Brian said, make sure they're respectful and they can be themselves, but without being rude, like jumping and being overwhelmed and that sort of thing. So, Right. I think I think that I meant to say this earlier, the, the overall term for this, and they teach this in the Army and, and police training, is situal, situational awareness. Be aware of your dog, what he's doing, what his body is showing you, what he's most likely to do. Be aware of the other dog, the other the other person, but also be self-aware and realize, okay, I'm nervous, I'm tense, don't like how this guy looks, he was abrasive to me last time, or I love this person. That's going to play a role in it as well, who we are in the, in the moment. And so be self-aware um, as well as situationally aware. Yeah, absolutely. And that's pretty much, much it. If you have any questions about this that we may have missed, let us know. Brian, if you want to close this out, that'd be cool. Yeah, feel free to. to yeah. No, I think I think that we've covered it. Feel free to to contact us uh, either on the on the website or through uh, through Facebook or or YouTube. Um, please like us on Facebook, and uh, um, if you have worked with us or or, or enjoy what we had to say here, you know, write a review. But fire away any questions you have, also suggestions on what you'd like to hear from us in the in future podcasts. Uh, you can email me directly at Brian at GoodDogWorkshop.com. Uh, also call directly at 703-489-1319. Thank you very much for listening, uh, folks. This has been Brian Kirkner and yep. Carlos Marino with Good Dog Workshop. All right. Thank you.